Welcome to another episode of Navigating Neurodivergence. You know, I'm here today by myself, and we are going to talk about something that is the crux of just about every neurodivergent life, especially ADHD people. We're going to talk about that wonderful thing of executive function. Oh boy, what a topic this is. You know, okay, so everyone asks, like, I don't understand. What is it? What, what does it do? Why do we even have this issue? Like what's going on? Why don't, I don't get it. People talk about executive function all the time. And really it comes down to, well, I, I think like the, the clinical definition is, is annoying, but it's like executive functioning and executive function skills. They're, all the mental processes that give you the ability to manage and um, regulate your thoughts, your emotions, your actions in order to achieve goals. Ooh. Hmm. You know, we all want to achieve goals. We all want to get places in life. We all want to do amazing things. We all want to, you know, get to the place, to the finish line or to the next start line to do great things. But all these things, all these skills and problems with uh, executive functioning can really mess up everyday life. Um, things like problem solving, planning, organizing, uh, starting tasks, motiv motivating, like even doing this episode right now was um, a battle because I had a choice of sitting down and watching TV, watching TV to just kind of numb the mind and, and go with it uh, or come down and work on my podcast. And you would think I love doing the podcast. I love talking to people. I love just talking and explaining how my mind works and, and all that great stuff. But, uh, man, um, sitting there doing nothing and, and watching engaging television, which I don't really do that often was really enticing. So enticing that I almost didn't record this episode. So, Let's look at some executive function skills. There's a bunch out there, obviously. Um, working memory is a big one. It's which I think it's not only a big one, it's probably like the one. Um, working memory is rough because f most people think, oh, like I have a good working memory. This isn't a problem for me. Well, it's a huge problem for me. So the ability to actually take information into your brain for a short period of time and be able to hold on to it for a short period of time. I'm going to reemphasize for this short period of time. Um, it's essential for tasks like instructions, like instructional tasks or, or, or problem solving or getting things done or something that has multiple steps. It's crucial for things like that because what happens with working memory in my mind, um, it doesn't work. 
you know, uh, it's it's kind of like that tongue in cheek of like, yeah, working memory. You're working too good. Uh, you're having a problem here. So, what happens in my mind? It will take the information, go, wow, yeah, cool, that's the thing, and then it's gone. Um, it's almost like the South Park meme with putting money in the stock market or in banks or anything, and it's gone. It's just, we don't want it to be gone, but something else popped into the, our minds or we got ahead of ourselves and we forgot initial crucial steps. Um, great example. I always have examples of this because it always happens. And <clears throat> what's great is that short term working memory. Uh, it's a frustrating thing, but it's great because five years from now, I will remember those steps clear as day like one two three four five and every little detail of them when it will no longer matter because that thing needed to be done like that morning or that day or that week or whatever <clears throat> but this morning was a great example i was doing my daily meditation uh, i chose one that you know my wife had sent to me and i was like oh this is actually this would be good it's like a one of those timeline shifting guided meditations. So I was envisioning, <laughs> envisioning the, the perfect life, the life that I wanted, the, the dream life with how I am spending my day and doing all these things. And everything was, was great in the moment of going through this, but during the guided meditation, I had a, what I like to call brain hiccup. There was something that I was visualizing that made me not hear the thing that was said to do next and to like take that thing. And then I got so lost at trying to focus on that one thing that all of a sudden I was not in the meditation anymore. I was fighting to retrace my steps, to look at the visualization that I had created and find that piece that was missing. I found it really interesting because then I had finished the meditation and I use finished very loosely here, but I had finished it and gotten to a point where I was like, oh, I still got to meditate, so that's good. However, um, I can't honestly say that I know what I did for the last 10 minutes of that meditation um, because I was lost in that whole loop of trying to find the information I lost. Now, you're probably saying, why didn't you just rewind the meditation? Uh, well, my brain doesn't think like that. Once you do, do the meditation, there's no rewinding it. <laughs> but <clears throat> I had um, come out of the meditation and got up and took my earbuds out and 
put them in their case and I looked at the case and I was like, oh, this is a pretty cool looking little case and has a nice little snap to it. <clears throat> and then I forgot everything that I was meditating about. I forgot about the, um, the dream scenario, like, and I'm saying dream scenario. I'm honestly, I have to look at now at my, my history to see, uh, it wasn't even dream scenario. It, my dream reality, totally different thing. See the details were gone. Um, and it happened quickly. As soon as I snapped this shot, I snapped this little case shot and it was like, hmm, that's it. You'll just have to deal with that and go on with your day. And that's, that's a big one. Need a little sip of coffee here. Yeah. So when you get into places like that with working memory, and I, you know, I, <laughs> I honestly have to say that it, like, like I was mentioned earlier, it's like my number one, number one issue with executive function is working memory. Um, how, how one might be able to build a working memory or, um, I don't think build is the right, maybe develop. Like this, this is a big one. Um, cause I always go like, okay, well, how, how, how can I make sure that the short term working memory is fixed <laughs> no but you, you basically how can I, I i actually develop it and go and and create a healthier working memory um and that's a big one because a lot of people don't just give up and go from there so with everything i always tell everyone to break it down into the smallest, easiest pieces. Uh, this especially works well when you have like a lot of tasks or one task that's very intricate or you have, um, you know, a huge to-do list. Just like I always, uh, <laughs> I always make sure that I, I do because it's going to lead into other things about executive function, but I do go down a list of, of like, okay, well, if this is a big, uh, let's use an example of something that I, I, I love and hate doing, um, cleaning my office, organizing. I know that the office has to be cleaned. Um, I know that the office still has to be cleaned right now. I'm just looking around. I haven't done it in, in a while. Um, however, looking at the entire office is a daunting, scary task. If I just take one little tiny step and go, okay, well, I'm going to start over on this one little table and I'm going to take everything off the table and go through it. Breaking it down into 
the big from the big chunks into little tiny chunks makes life easier. <clears throat> now, with that, you can also use a checklist when you have something that has multiple steps. And I'm going to keep using the cleaning the office thing because organization is a huge issue for a lot of people with uh, ADHD and neurodivergence in general. So making a checklist is actually kind of good when you have something that has multiple steps. So it, the big overarching thing is clean the, clean the office. <clears throat> well, I have uh, a bookcase. I have an art supply cabinet. I have two tables, a desk, and then I have camera equipment and a little altar area that has all my incense and fun stuff. Um, well, if I just put clean and organize the office, that's not going to really help me. So I will start breaking it down to clean each area, going each thing. So if it looks like there's like 20 things on the list, that's actually good because I just broke it down into chunks and now I can track each, each chunk. That really helps. Um, routines are important. Like working memory. It, it, routines are like the, the shortcut in working memory. And the reason why I say that it's like uh, people like when I come in the house, I, my phone is always going to be in my pocket because it's my little magical dopamine time suck box, but my wallet, and my keys always go in the same place. Cause I just, I have to put them there because if I don't, they're going to go away. So it's going to be like, I will return to that spot because I've made it routine in my entire life to know like that's where those are going to be and if they're in a different place i screwed up and put them someplace else that's just kind of what happens because it will happen i'm not going to say like this is like oh this you're going to have a perfect like mega brain when you do all these things it, that's not how this works <laughs> it never works like that as much as we want um you know i i honestly I love routine and I was mentioning it yesterday that I felt off because I didn't do my routine. I had woken up and normally I have a routine in the morning that consists of making a to-do list and doing certain things, making my cup of coffee, going on and on and on. And I did none of that and I was already out the door and doing a uh, unexpected task. And what that did to me was cause me a bit of a confusion. Um, yeah, I guess it, I was in a small fog because everything was off because I didn't do my routine. Um, and I'm not saying I couldn't function outside, but I couldn't interact properly which is definitely a tough one. Um, but the routines I always look at as, as something that can bypass having to actively use your working memory 
Um, because a routine, as I've mentioned in the book, takes time to develop. But once you develop it, man, it, does it stick? Like the meditation thing sticks. The way I do my to-do list stick. The way I use my journals, my either my notebooks, which I have over here, or even if I do get to the point of using the Google Docs, it's stuck. Like it's yes, that's perfect. Um, routines are, are a great like bypass of, of having to actively use working memory. Now this one, people, I'm trying to find ways to incorporate this, to help build working memory skills and, and making the issue that a lot of people have with working memory is, you know, I, I hate to say this guys, but you know how everyone says you exercise works great for us. And it does. Uh, I get a lot of my great ideas when I'm going for walks and stuff, but you also have to exercise your brain and I hate doing this. I'm just going to be honest. I don't like doing this. And I remember this was like, this was a big one in attitude, uh, attitude magazine, um, which is a fantastic ADHD, uh, online they I, they probably have a print i think they have a print magazine as well but i i just know them from online and they've been like an authority in adhd study and and fun stuff for like the last 20 25 30 years i it's been a long time but i remember they were talking about like brain games <laughs> and boy this is not a great one but i i know it can really <sighs> I, all right. The brain game to help working memory. Very simple, very annoying. You can write down six unrelated words, just kind of whatever pops into your head. I'm going to read this right from their website. Hold on, let me bring it up here. All right. So you write down six unrelated words, and then you start trying to remember the first two words without looking at the paper and then add another word as you succeed so you can get all six. Um, I hate that because if man, if you have been in my shoes, you know what happens. You'll, you'll write something down you look at it and you're like, okay. And then you're like, wait, what was that? Wait, what was that? Wait, what was that? And you keep going back and forth. Oh boy. Um, yeah, but finding little brain games can help strengthen your muscle, that muscle inside the dome of yours. Um, Got to flex them brain meats. Uh, a big one, and I don't care if you say that you're the best multitasker on earth. You're not. You know why? Because multitasking is the death of uh, somebody with ADHD. And I am saying that with 100% sincerity and man, I, I honestly have to say that I was thinking that doing five or six things at the same time was a great way to get somewhere, <sighs> but it is not, it, 
I mean, you can do like one or two things at a time, maybe even three. That's fine. But you know how we get. We want more stimulation. So we might be watching a movie and listening to music and writing and researching something and doing something else. And you're supposed to get this and working on a project and going, 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 going. You'll have five, six, seven, eight things going at the same time. And what happens is you have five, six, seven, eight things that are going at the same time and they're going nowhere because you're not putting any focus or intention behind any of those things. You know, your, your ability to focus uh, and get through even things that you don't want to is much better when you take your phone, put it on, do not disturb and which I'm doing right now because it keeps buzzing and excuse me, I put you on do not disturb. All right. Don't want to get sidetracked and I'm getting myself sidetracked talking about multitasking. That's funny how that works. So you break it down and you literally just gets back to breaking it down into little chunks, one chunk at a time. One chunk at a time, one little tiny bite-sized chunk. So one little task. Don't do 10 tasks. Just do the next step in this task. Like, is it a uh, project? Are you writing an outline? Well, instead of just like bouncing around, like, oh, let me make sure I have some background noise or let me make sure uh, I'm also checking my email. And no, write your outline for your book, right? Do that one thing. Don't work with a million different things. And okay, I'm going to throw it back in here. We're talking about exercising your, your mind. Go for a walk. I, I'm not even saying that you have to be like, oh, go hard in the gym for 30 minutes or an hour. Blah, 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 blah. That's great. And actually does not just help you. Like it helps you as a person living better. It does help your brain. Um, it helps your brain very, very much. When I go for a walk, even if it's like, oh, it's rainy out. Yeah, I have a treadmill, but I am not opposed to walking out in the rain. Um, going for a walk, even like a 15, 20 minute walk. You're moving, you're going, and what happens is you end up being focused on your walk, which doesn't sound like much. However, what happens is something in your head goes, yeah, and it, it's all, you know what I, I liken it to? This will be good for uh, older people like me who used to be into computers a long time ago defragmenting a hard drive. That's what I equate going for a walk as. It's not vigorous. It's at a moderate pace. I walk fast, so it's a faster pace than most people. Um, but I, when I'm walking, I'm able to get my body to just like kind of go. <laughs> 
So the whatever happens to my brain, it's able to like take the information that's just shotgun blasted and bouncing around in my skull and kind of pull it back in and compact it and organize it. And what happens is during these walks, I have great insight and great little like um, aha moments. I guess that would be the best way to put it. And when I have those little aha moments, that's when I pull out the phone and dictate those aha moments. Because <laughs> you know how it is with your working memory. And sometimes it will get there and then go away. And then that thing is gone forever. Well, or, or until you actually don't need that information anymore or way past the point of having an impact on what you're doing. But I use my phone for dictation at that point. Just open up like Google, uh, Google doc for me and just blurt out as I'm walking, just like, okay, I'm going for it. Just, oh yeah, this is the idea. Uh, while I was walking, I thought about, um, using a, a new type of tool and here's the tool and this is what I have to do with it. And this is what, what will make my life easier. Cause it's going to take big problems and make them really small. And then I can do more. That was a horrible example, but you know what I'm saying? Um, I have a lot of like, if anyone looked at my Google docs, it is a nightmare to go through all of them because there are so many, there are so many that are just ideas and I schedule time to condense some of them and go through and prune some, but some I just leave there because what will happen is I'll go back into Google docs and I will search and just uh, sometimes I search a keyword that was in my head that I was like, Oh wait, I had that idea about X and then it pops up. Um, and for working memory, <sighs> mindfulness, boy, oh boy. You know, I talk about meditation all the time. Mindfulness, meditation always goes hand in hand in hand with me. This also goes back to the multitasking thing. I found if I'm going to write, if I'm writing, I don't want outside distractions. So I know I have to be very mindful of what I'm doing. I know the intention behind me going to write means I'm turning off my music and putting on nonverbal tonal music. It could be like binaural beats. It could be uh, meditation music. It could be anything. I have a spa playlist that's like 15 hours long. It's, music that you would hear in a spa. It's a lot of ambient music. Um, and I'll put that on and then I will block out all of the tabs and I just have the document in front of me in black and white. And then I, I type, that's when I type. And that's me being mindful and understanding that like, Hey, I know I can step back and go, Am I in the right environment to be as creative as I need to be? 
And I can go, no, I, I feel uneasy. I feel distracted. I feel frazzled. And I can go, well, how can I not feel frazzled? How can I not feel uh, distracted? How can I not do the thing that, how can I do the thing that I want to do? And I think, you know, finding those little things and getting into a state of mindfulness of what is going on actually kind of helps you tune out and tune into what you're doing. And it will help you basically get through working memory issues. Um, you know, and I, I honestly, I have to, I have to say that working memory is just, I, I went over that first and this was going to go over probably like five or six or seven different things in, in executive function. But I think I'm, I'm going to leave it at just working memory for this episode. And in future episodes, I'll get into things like the task initiation and emotional regulation, <clears throat> all, the, all the fun things that also are part of your executive functioning skills. Um, and as I like to say, our executive dysfunction. So with working memory, you can really make good headway with some of the tools uh, that I mentioned. And, you know, I, I just goes back to everything I always say. Breaking things into smallest, smaller chunks is always great. But just remember, it's, it's a practice. You got to practice. You got to work at it. <clears throat> it's not going to come naturally to you. And it's not going to change overnight. And if it does change overnight, good for you. I mean, hell, awesome. Uh, I wish I could give you a hug and a high five. But you just have to work at it. And you can't beat yourself up when things aren't working, when they're not happening. So just remember, as I always say, you're not alone in this. You can always reach out to me. You know how to find me. I mean, you're listening to me right now, but in the show notes, I always have a, a, a little spiel about all my links, uh, has my website, has my, my, my newsletter. Um, just if you have questions, I I've had people who oddly enough have read the book and reached out to me and then didn't know I did this podcast and didn't know that there was all these other people. And then on the flip side, I've had people that have only heard the podcast or heard me on another podcast and said, oh, this guy wrote a book. And they reach out to me via like Instagram or Facebook. And they even say thank you for making me feel heard or seen. Sometimes that's all it takes. So just remember, you're not alone in this. And uh, I will see you in the next, I almost said issue. This is not a magazine, folks. This is a podcast. <laughs> this is an audio format. So I will see you in the next episode. We're going to uh, continue on with problems in executive function. I, I think next we might be doing, um, I think, uh, I, I don't know. I'm going to roll, I'm going to roll like a, a, 20 sided die 
even though I don't have one physically anymore, I'll do one online and I'll, I'll pick the next part of executive function that I'm going to talk about and we'll walk you through. But until next time, you're not alone. You're not alone.